Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. In the NOCO is supported by Blue Federal Credit Union, with locations from Denver to Cheyenne, helping members tap into the power of community. More information at bluefcu.com. From KUNC and the NPR Network, this is In the NOCO, your daily slice of Northern Colorado news and happenings. It's Friday, March 1st. I'm Erin O'Toole. Here in the West, two elements play an outsized role in our quality of life, fire and water. We know wildfire is part of the natural cycle of life, but climate change has intensified fires, making them deadlier, more destructive, and more frequent. Meanwhile, our Western snowpack determines just how much water we have available to sustain our people, plants, and animals. The relationship between the two is actually more complex than you might think, and it's central to Professor Ann Nolan's work. She researches wildfire and snowpack at the University of Nevada, Reno. She joins me now to unravel some of those complexities and what they mean for us in northern Colorado. Could we start with an explanation of the relationship between wildfire and snowpack? Because I can see how it would work. One way, a meager snowpack could set the conditions for wildfire, but that relationship can also work the other way. Yeah, there's a number of ways that snowpack and forests and fire interact. The first, as you mentioned, is uh, one that perhaps is more obvious, is that when we have low snow years, that we have a longer fire season because the snowpack melts earlier. And so when we have an earlier snow disappearance date, we have a longer dry season out west, and that is more conducive to hotter fires, more fires, uh, more intense fires, bigger fires, all of the above. But a couple of things that your listeners might not understand about snow, fire, and forest relationships is after a fire, the canopy might be burned off, and so there's a lot more sunlight coming in. And then the standing charred trees are shedding black carbon onto that snowpack the following winter and for 10, even 15 years after that. And you might see um, like kind of the sooty, dark snow instead of a bright white surface that we would normally have with fresh snow, you'd have a much darker surface that's kind of preconditioned to absorb that solar radiation. Again, letting that snow uh, absorb that solar radiation and melt off days to even weeks earlier. Could you talk about what our Western snowpack tells us about the current state of climate change? Yes, we see a significant decline in snowpack across the West. We have over a thousand stations that are operated by the Natural Resources Conservation Service. And since the mid-50s, we see about 93% of those over 1,000 stations are showing a decline in snowpack. And the average decline is about 23%. And across all those stations, we see earlier snowmelt by about 18 days. Wow. I know that you've been tracking these changes for years. What does stand out to you when you kind of look at these trends? What stands out to you the most? What stands out to me is some of the so-called canaries in the coal mine, like the Sierra Nevada and the Cascade Mountains, where the snow falls at warmer temperatures than they would, for instance, uh, in the Rocky Mountains that are more inland and higher elevations. And so we see more warmer storms. 
We see um, drier Novembers, so we see a longer dry season, a longer fire season. And in fact, we see warmer storms across the Western United States all winter long. And you mentioned that as a kind of canary in the coal mine. I mean, how does that play out longer term? Well, longer term, we anticipate a higher frequency of warm winters, which would mean that our our core winter months, like December, January, February, would have kind of average monthly temperatures where the snow would be melting or that it would be falling as rain instead of snow. We still see a higher frequency of warm winters in the headwaters of the Colorado River Basin. And we would also see this uh, aridification effect, the fact that the the atmosphere is warmer, not just in the winter, but also in the spring when the snow is actively melting. So instead of having that maybe average amount of runoff, you're going to be getting a lot less runoff from the same amount of snowpack. And we even see that nowadays. We see for an average amount of snowmelt, snowpack, we see only about 57% of what we would normally expect to go into our rivers and streams. And so it's a big decrease simply because of that warmer, drier atmosphere, drawing that moisture away from the snowpack up into the atmosphere, evaporating it from the soil and our mountain forests and vegetation using requiring much more water because it is warmer and drier. So then it doesn't go into the Colorado River Basin. Mm, Where we kind of need it. (laughs) Kind of. Yeah, it's a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. You know, when it comes to the relationship between wildfire and snowpack, I'm wondering how you think that should factor into our decisions about life in the West and more specifically Colorado. Um, For example, I mean, I'm thinking about where we rent or buy homes. I think it absolutely needs to factor into our way of thinking about um, the wildland urban interface. When we think about the Marshall Fire and how many people lost their homes and and you know, loss, loss of life, it, it's really, really a big deal. And so we see that over and over again, um, not just with grassland fires like the Marshall Fire, but uh, forest fires as we build homes or have homes that are in much more susceptible, fire susceptible, vulnerable forests. Um, that's really something to think about. How do we fire harden our homes and how do we how do we reduce the incidence of major conflagrations that are really damaging to infrastructure and people? Fire is a natural part of our system. We want fire. It's a good, healthy thing for ecosystems, but it's really dangerous and, and terrifying if you are adjacent or in a fire itself. Yeah, absolutely it is. Well, and I know you're based in Nevada at the University of Nevada, Reno, And it's nice to zoom in on Colorado for this conversation, but of course, the West is very interconnected when we think about environmental issues. I wonder if you could zoom out for a moment and talk about this connection and how events and conditions in other parts of the West might have major effects here in Colorado. Well, I think a couple of things. So let's think about how resources are allocated. So if across the West, we're experiencing declining snowpacks and increasing number of fires. And, you know, whether it's CAL FIRE or the U.S. Forest Service has limited resources to um, attack those fires and protect people and infrastructure. If we have a big fire year or year after year of big fire, um, it's really challenging to direct resources, limited resources to where and anticipate where those might be most needed and the economy. I want to mention that there was a really interesting 2018 
economic report from the nonprofit Protect Our Winners that showed that in low snow years, our $20.3 billion a year uh, economy of winter snow sports, snowmobiling, uh, snowshoeing, skiing, snowboarding, sees uh, there's a decline of uh, over a billion dollars every time we have a low snow year. And that was from uh, data back from about 2015. So that's probably even more when we think about 2024 dollars. So it's a huge part of our U.S. economy and our ecosystem resources. Good to keep in mind. Well, Dr. Ann Nolan, thank you so very much for talking with me today. Thanks so much. It's my pleasure. What are the most pressing environmental questions on your mind right now? We want to know what you think. You can send a text or leave a voicemail at 970-614-5323 or email us at noco at kunc.org. That's it for us today here on In the NoCo. We'll be back with you next week with more of what's happening in Northern Colorado. Our theme music was composed by Colorado artist Robbie Reverb. Robin Vincent is our executive producer. I'm your host, Erin O'Toole. Have a great weekend.